Joining us from the distinguished university that is Marquette, and you're a grad of My Marquette. alma mater, yes. Yes. And I'm a UWM guy. Stefan Schnitzer. I'm going to read this only one time because there's a lot of stuff here. A lot of heavy... Very heavy, qualified yes. individual. Mellon Distinguished Professor, Director of Environmental Studies, Environmental Science, Department of Biological Sciences, Marquette University. Welcome. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. And, and can I throw one more? Yeah. Recipient of a Fulbright Scholar Award? Yes. Indeed. Yes. We are in presence of greatness. That's impressive. All right. So we were chatting offline before we got you in here. Um, you're not a climatologist. But you're an ecologist. Correct. Can you explain the differences for all of us? Right. Well, a climatologist studies climate and studies how the global climate system works. An ecologist studies the organismal response to the environment, including climate. And so much of my research is about climate change. You know, we're studying the response of organisms on this planet to the changing climate. I was talking about earlier as part of our business conversation and just the fact that people move to warmer climates. Now, there's some incredible things happening in the world and our country right now. Phoenix, record number of days over, I think it's 110. It's like 19 or 20 straight days. Um, Texas has problems with heat all the time. They're over 100 days. I don't know what the number is. Florida, the Gulf, 90-some degrees. And I live down there. That, that's insanely hot. And I saw something from the Persian Gulf yesterday. Did I see a temperature over, was it 150 at, at the airport? Yes, at oh. the airport in Iran. It was over 150 degrees. Now, that was... That was um, the heat index, right? Right. It right. wasn't just temperature, right? But insane temperatures. I mean, temperatures where where physically it is extremely dangerous to be exposed in those temperatures. I would say unlivable. Yeah. We, you know, everybody mucks about about oh, the humidity. It's so thick outside, and people, yeah. you know, because that's all we have to compare it to. But but we complain about that, but. Well, it's oppressive. Like, you can still walk to your car and, okay, get to your air-conditioned space, but I can't even imagine walking out in 150-degree... That's or, right. excuse me, not 150 but 150 heat index. Right, right, because you're, you're getting all this humidity from the Caspian Sea that's, that's floating down into Iran. I mean, that, and, that's just brutal. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to be hanging outside for too long in those conditions. No, 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 it's impossible. In fact, but what about our Southwest? I mean, th those temperatures are also extremely dangerous. So that's really what I want to talk about. So the the radio 101 thing that we often get when we talk about this, yeah, it's just it's a cycle. This is what we this is what the planet does. And yeah, if you go back far enough, the planet was probably a thousand degrees for a while because we had volcanoes everywhere and no one was living and there was no life on the planet. But that's not the reality of the world we live in now. We have to function in this environment. So when you see these temperatures the ecologist in you, the scientist, the researcher in you, what do you, what do you say? Well, I mean, temperature is ratcheting up, and we've seen that. I mean, it's very, very obvious. And it's exactly what was being predicted in the 80s and 90s by the, the early climate change scientists. They were predicting exactly what we would see now. We're going to see more very high temperatures, more flooding, more intense storms, and more of these heat domes. And also in winter, we're going to get extremely cold temperatures, too. How do, that seems shocking sometimes. People, they, if you're saying it's going to warm, which yeah. is probably why we don't say global warming that much anymore, yeah. the extremes is really what's where this is happening. That's right. That's right. Well, I mean, we're disrupting the whole planetary climate system. And so we're going to get more of this, this really strong Arctic jet stream dipping down into areas where they weren't exposed before. And we're just, all of these intense storms are going to disrupt everything. And what, you know, if you read the IPCC reports... What, which, which is what? 
which is the International um, uh, Panel on Climate Change, and it's from scientists across the world, and they do intense research on everything that's been published, thousands and thousands of articles. And what they predict is that the Southwest will dry out and get hotter. The Midwest, where we are, will actually get a little wetter. And so we're going to get more storms and probably more flooding that we've never seen before. And that will also translate to the winter. We may get more snow than usual some winters, and then we'll have winters that are fairly mild. And the time frame that on that, Dr. Schnitzer, are we talking, okay, now that we've entered this type of, wow, the heat dome that's over the southwest and the flooding and the extremes that we're seeing in the northeast, is this just a reality now or is this going to moderate next year and maybe a few years and then just be a reality gradually? What What's the prediction on that? Well, it's a reality moving forward. And in fact, these kinds of slow Annual swings will last for, for a long time. I mean, we really need to reduce carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, reduce methane in the atmosphere, and then we'll start to, if we can do that now, in the next 40 years, we'll start to approach what we considered normal in the 80s. During the pandemic, when people were driving less all around the world, I seem to recall that there was a significant improvement within months or within a year Yes. No, that was obviously a drastic reduction. Yes. Let me put that out there. But is there, point being, is there any immediate things that we can do to reduce this extreme weather? Well, there are things that we can do to to make sure that we don't continue on a pathway of absolute destruction of the planet. I mean, I, I hate to be hyperbolic, but... That's what we're witnessing now. We're seeing really unstable climate around the planet. And that's not by coincidence. I mean, that follows the, exactly the predictions that were made in the 80s and the 90s. In the 90s, temperatures started to rack, ratchet up. And now we're seeing that every, every year more intensely. And we think that that will continue moving into the future if we do not reduce the amount of CO2 and methane in the atmosphere. Dr. Stefan Schnitzer joining us from Marquette University, ecologist. Uh, if you have questions on the text line, 855-616-1620, we'll try to weave them in. I want to ask you, I don't want to get into politics, but the politics of this question is 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 very demonstrative right now. That is the, that's the way this is, is looked at from some people. And understanding the politics of it, we have to figure that part out if we want to actually have a remedy like Sandy was talking about, doing something proactive to fix these things. Join us in the conversation, 855-616-1620. The old National Bank talking text line will continue the conversation on WTMG now after this. We are joined in studio here on the Avenue, right next to Third Street Market Hall on Wisconsin Avenue, downtown Milwaukee. Dr. Stefan Schnitzer from Market University, professor, director, environmental studies, environmental science. So um, there's a lot of moving pieces here. Um, one of the things that came up on the text line was asking about the wildfires in Canada. I can tell you, as my wife and I walk, as a lot of people do, like sometimes in the mornings, on the weekends, afternoons, during the week, and you're you're feeling it in my eyes, you're smelling it. Is that part of this story as well? Absolutely. The wildfires are a result of um, of intense heat, lots of uh, aridity which comes with climate change and which comes with the lack of rain. And when you're getting these periods of drought, you're, you're getting a lot of 
fuel that's building up in these forests, and then you start getting fires. And this happened in, in California quite a bit over the last decade. Yeah, and the interesting thing about California, they had that period, and then they had this extremely wet winter, this which completely flipped the script. And that's part of that, that chaos theory, right? It's like it goes from one extreme to the other. We'll have no moisture, then we'll have a, like a, a real hard winter. It's just the, the unpredictability of what we're doing to our climate. And from the old National Bank talking text line, 855-616-1620, as we're talking about these extremes of the heat dome that's over the southwest for over two weeks now and breaking records and the ex- all the experiences that we're seeing around the country while we're enjoying almost embarrassingly nice weather, except for the Canadian wildfire smoke. Um, things that we can do to hopefully temper some of this. Gabe from Muskego texted in, is it more realistic to hope for a leveling out or plateau in carbon emissions instead of aiming for a drastic decline in greenhouse gases? Well, that's a really good point. I mean, we can do, we can actually resolve the situation. We can electrify a lot of our, our, our society, cars, and and um, reduce our dependence on fossil fuels. We can also start utilizing more solar and wind energy rather than using fossil fuels. And um, we can reverse this pattern of emitting lots of, of these gases and instead let some of these natural areas regenerate. Forests are incredibly important for pulling carbon dioxide out of the air and storing them in the wood. And that's really what forests do. That's why forests are critically important in this process of climate change. And there has been a lot of positives in this area. They, they are protecting the Amazon to the degree they can. They have stopped some of this clear-cutting that for decades was just devastating, not only that those forests, but the, the wildlife that live there. So that's a positive. There's lots of companies planting trees in areas that didn't have a forest before. So I'm encouraged about that. But I want to get to the political question. Because whenever you have this conversation, there's a group of people, and I, you know, I respect divergent opinions, that say... This is nothing that we can impact. Like, what do you say to that as a scientist? Well, that's, that's, uh, that, that is just not true. I mean, we absolutely can reduce our emissions and increase the sinks of carbon dioxide on the planet by planting trees and, and not developing every last woodlot that's on the planet. I mean, you know, the, of course, humans have a place on this planet. We all need to live. We all need to feed our families. But um, we can do that in a sustainable way. Does it get worse before it gets better? Well, I think so, because these processes are, are, are not within months or years. These are decade-level processes. So it's taken us a long time to get to where we are now, and it'll take us a while to get back out. But we can reverse this cycle. We can reduce our use of, of emissions or our, our, our emitting fossil fuel gases, mm-hmm. and we can plant trees and, and pull some of that that uh, fuel out of the air. This is another one that I thought of in the text. Uh, Stephen Cudahy reminded me about that. We can do a lot here, and I think the country, we've moved to electric vehicles. We've moved to a lot of different um, technology solutions to this problem. What do you do about the big polluters, the the Chinas, the Indias, the Brazils? Yeah. What do you do about those those countries? Well, you know, they're they're going to follow in line with the U.S., You know, there's a lot of pressure that the U.S. can use to force these other countries to to toe the line, essentially. And it all comes down to commerce, right? When we start taxing these countries on some sort of environmental tax, then that's going to hit them where it hurts. Fascinating conversation. I wish we could spend more time. Give me a give me a positive. I know you said we could we could reduce our emissions. Give me a positive from your research that suggests this is going to 
go the other way? Because I'm still trying to figure that out. Well, so, so it's a pretty easy equation if you think about it. So over the past couple hundred years, 150 years, we've been just burning fossil fuels and emitting those gases into the atmosphere, right? At the same time, we're cutting down forests, and forests were the, the critical component of pulling those gases back out. Well, we just reverse that trend. We electrify a bit. It doesn't, people don't have to change their lifestyles much. You use an electric car instead of a, a, a fossil fuel car. You know, there's, there's um, lots of ways to fix energy from wind and from solar and from waves. And we, we start to move in that direction. We start to plant more trees and keep more areas wild and in forests. And we'll start to reverse this trend of more CO2 in the atmosphere to less CO2 in the atmosphere. It's funny, as I was, I was telling you about the walks that my wife and I take, yesterday we noticed in our little neighborhood, I think there was five homes that now have solar panels completely covering their, their roofs. That's something I didn't see five years ago. That might be part of the solution where individuals working with their power supplier, in our case, We Energies, hey, we can do something about this. That might be one of those solutions. That is absolutely one of those solutions. And, and adding a lot, you're going to see over the next couple of decades, a lot more wind turbines across the landscape. And it may not be the prettiest site, depending on, on what your perspective is, right. but that will add tremendously to our renewable energy source. Great stuff. I'm, I'm glad we had the chance to sit down with you, Dr. Stefan Schnitzer from Market University. It's summer break, but you're still working. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we always work. We're, we're always working for the betterment of uh, our students and our city of Milwaukee. You know, Sandy was talking about revisiting topics. We'll revisit this one in a year and see if we've made progress or not.